Four Brother Rod comes in. I just want to say thank you, Jesus, this morning because of, you know, Brother Bo, you don't stop praying and believe in God from here. No. You know, I think I shared I was diagnosed with uh, COPD years ago, and I was told I had two years, and I would be totally incapacitated, and I would, couldn't sing to the Lord anymore. Well, guess who's alive? The same is alive. That's right. And we don't stop praying until we don't have to pray anymore. That's right. And, uh, brother, I, I just want to say to my heart, I'm standing believing God for the desire of your heart to be revealed in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I, I want you to know that you've got the faith here to move mountains. Amen. Sure, that's true. Amen. 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 Thank you. Sure. Anyway. Well, Brother Roger, you come and bring our folks this morning. It is to be here this morning. Uh, wonderful program last night, and, and I, you know, I, I know that there was a tremendous amount of energy put into that to, to, to make it like it was. And I want to thank all of y'all, uh, Brother Wayne and, and uh, Chris, and everybody that had a part in that. I know Sister Marilyn had a part in it. She's not here, and uh, uh, back in the back, back here. The guy who ran the board. Amen. I did that many years ago with an old system that was a tape player, and we had to pause and start and pause and start. And my book had so many notes in it, like pause at 2842. Uh, so many seconds start at this. <laughs> and uh, I know it's nerve wracking and I saw he had a fan running last night. That was the smartest thing. I sat back there in the dead winter sweating like I was picking cotton or something when that was going on. So I appreciate that, Brother Mitchell. You did a great job. And the singers were, were exceptional. And I think the, uh, the crowd here um, really got something out of it. Uh, they seemed to have just joined in. And I think most of them came to eight and, and ate with them. I think they were all babies. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, uh, uh, it was just a wonderful night. And, and thank everybody that had a part in that. And uh, thank y'all, church, for the uh, the gift you gave me. I wish you hadn't done that, but I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And uh, um, Brother Michael told me today, he said, no. He came over and he says, you can take all the time you want today. <laughs> uh, I, I kidded him a little last week. I, I asked him how the uh, the uh, A personnel in his house was doing. You know, you think about people with an A personality as being kind of strong and strong-willed, but they had type A. That was terrible. And uh, hopefully Marilyn's feeling better and will be back soon. Too. We miss her when she's not here. I think our lesson today was from the second chapter of Luke. Is that right? So I'm going to stay away from that. Um, read us a little bit of a different perspective. Luke was a physician, 
probably maybe a Gentile, if I remember right. And, uh, and, and the other perspective is from uh, Matthew, who was a publican. He was a puppet of the Roman government before he turned to Jesus. And, uh, and when Jesus came to him and, and called him and said, follow me, he dropped one of these and followed him. And uh, I think that's interesting that, that uh, uh, the two different perspectives, uh, Luke more on the scientific thing and, and, and Matthew more on the historical part of it. Matthew covers some of the, uh, uh, some of the prophecies in the Old Testament as he, as he wrote his depiction of uh, what was going on here. And I'm going to read probably most of the second chapter. That's more than I usually read. Um, I don't see real well, but um, uh, Sister Nell can understand I, I, I get shots in my eyes pretty often, and they seem to be working a little bit. I can see better than I could six months ago, so that's good that I can do a little bit better. But if I stumble around, I'll just don't pay attention to the reading, but just pay attention to the Word. And uh, in the second chapter of Matthew, it says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen, get this, his star in the east, and are come to worship him. It was not just a star, it was his star. It was a special star. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. Now that goes back to the prophecy there. He gathered the, 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 the priests and the scribes together, the ones that would know the scriptures, and said, where is this event going to happen? Uh, he, he was inquiring them, and they, um, and they sent them to him in Bethlehem of Judea, for uh, thus it is written by the prophet. And now Bethlehem in the land of Judah are not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. I think that's prophetic too. I think that's back in Isaiah or some, some of the uh, prophets. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time these stars appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and seek diligent, search diligently for the young child and when you have found him, bring me word again, that I may come and worship him also. And when they heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over the, uh, where the young child was. Now, I have, uh, for the last 18 and a half years, have come home from work at 11 o'clock at night. And on these cold, crisp winter nights, you can just see stars, especially since I've been working in Coleman, coming through the little back roads of blood in Coleman County. There's not a lot of light out there to, to mess with the stars. And, and you can see there's a, there's a particular time you see this really bright star. And, and as I drive, you know, sometimes it's in that window and sometimes it's in that window. And I've got a little GPS in my Jeep, and I look at it, and sometimes I'll be traveling. Oh, I'm going from Coleman to Blountsville. I should be going east, but sometimes I'm traveling north, sometimes I'm traveling south. What I'm getting at is that star moves around. 
It's not in the same, it's not in my windshield all the time. And that's the kind of movement we see in stars. But it said this star, they followed this star until it stopped over the place where Jesus lay. That tells me that was not just a celestial star, that was a, that was a particular star that was created for Jesus' birth and his time. And I, I don't think that the astronomers will ever find it on their telescope. I think it was a one-time deal. And, uh, but anyway, the star is mentioned several times. And when they heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child uh, with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed to their own country another way. And when they were departed, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt, and be there until I bring thee word, of, uh, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Um, in this instance, when the angel spoke to Joseph in a dream, Joseph was familiar with this angel, I think. He, the, the angel didn't have to give him a salutation. Fear not this time. Because I think Joseph was familiar with this, this event and this angel. And um, he had no reason to fear at this time. But he, fought, he, he followed directions. He said, and when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. Now, I, at this time, I don't really know how old Jesus was. Um, it, he could have been a, a, a year or two old at this point, I, I would think, um, uh, just from the time it would take these people to travel. Uh, you know, they didn't they didn't hop on a plane or something. They 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 walked or rode camels or, or uh, oxen, donkeys or something. But anyway, um, and there was until the death of Herod, uh, and there and was there until the death of Herod that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I have called my son. Again, another prophetic um, reference there. Then Herod, when he saw that uh, he was mocked uh, of the wise men, was exceeding wroth and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and all the uh, coast thereof from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the, uh, of the wise men. And that's why I said Jesus could have been, you know, he might not have still been a little babe at this time. Because Herod chose to slay everyone to and under. So that, that indicates that there had been, a, to me, a, a time span that had happened here a little bit, possibly. And uh, so uh, to be sure he got everyone, to be sure he got Jesus, he had all the children slain. Um, then it was fulfilled which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, In Ramah there was a voice heard, lamentations and weeping and great mourning, Rachel <coughs> weeping for her children, and would not be comforted because they were not, because they are not. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. 
And he arose and took the young child and his mother and came to the land of Israel. <coughs> but when he heard that Archelaus did reign in Judah, Judea, he, uh, in, the, in the room of his father Herod, he was afraid to go thither. Notwithstanding being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside uh, unto the parts of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in the city of Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the prophet, he shall be called a Nazarene. So it's interesting, all of the, the references to the prophets in this, uh, in this reading that, um, that uh, Matthew did. And um, it's just, you know, uh, I, I, told, I tell people, I said, it's a story that can't be written. Your, your wildest Hollywood writers and directors couldn't come up with a story like this. This is just too wonderful. And um, the, the, you know, the event that happened here um, well over 2,000 years ago now um, still reigns in our life. It, it was an event that changed the history of the world, no doubt. And uh, um, it's, uh, it'll be around. At the end of time, you know, maybe my age, I don't know what, but I see. I think I see things getting worse and worse out there, and that's also prophetic. But uh, every how much longer we got? Yeah, we got ten years or a thousand more years. At the end of time, there'll be a remnant. This story will still be told. Amen. People will still be believing in Jesus, Amen. and there'll be a remnant of people here. And for that, I am thankful. And we are awfully blessed in this country. Sure. Amen. Anyone got anything you'd like to say this morning? Any, anything, anything at all? We got time. I want my children and my grandchildren to be saved so they'll go home with me. But if they're not, I'll go home and I won't know anything about that they have not known. But I will do everything in my power to try to have them saved before I leave this place. Absolutely. Me. God bless you. Absolutely. And it was so wonderful. It was told in the Bible before Jesus ever came. The prophets told about this. And historians tell about things like the flood. I mean, I, I mean the the Dead Sea being parted, the Red Red Sea, the river being stopped, so that the children of Israel could pass. It is told about it, and and historians tell about it, and historians tell about other things, even though they don't believe. You know, the, the historians told about things that happened. Watched a movie one time. I can't remember the name of it. I believe it's God is not dead. It was about a, a wife and husband that the wife started going to church with some of her friends and became a Christian and got strong in the faith. And he was an investigative reporter, and she kept after him to go with her. He didn't believe in God, he said. So he set out as an investigative reporter to prove that God, that the story, this this Bible was a hoax. Long story short, everything he discovered turned his turned his thought to the fact that 
I can't disprove that. I can't, you know. So it, actually what he was doing was proving to himself that the Bible was true. And uh, he became a Christian also. And, uh, I, I, I tend to, I, I won't say this for sure, but I believe it was a true story. I believe it was a story that was uh, turned into a movie from a true story. So uh, anyway, they, they can't prove it's not true. You just don't have that uh, ability. Anyone else? If not, we will. I've got a card here from Sister Nidra. It's a Christmas card. I thank you. I meant to give it to you early. Okay, on the front, it's got a beautiful picture of the church in the woods. And it says, Oh, come, let us adore him. Uh, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's Luke 2.14. It said, Pray your Christmas will be filled with silent wonders and simple joys and sweet memories. God bless you at Christmas. I enjoyed the visit with the um, Christmas caroling and the fruit basket. Thank you so much. I love you all and hope you have a Merry Christmas. Love, neither Eagle. So she was... Very appreciative of us coming by out there. She was a very sweet, sweet lady. Anyone else? I'll put this on the board out there. If not, we'll take the classes. Hey, good morning, everyone. Uh, allow me to introduce myself. Uh, <laughs> what a three weeks. But uh, it is good to be here and be somewhat vertical. Uh, don't know what even to say about last night as I stood over there in the corner. Um, how much everyone that came and how much everybody that was up here singing enjoyed it. Um, I tell you, you see those people who have the talent uh, when they're singing to just hold the congregation or the audience in the palm of her hand. Well, we got a young woman back there that can do that, Sister Maggie. I noticed when she was singing, she had the congregation spellbound. But not just her voice, but the spirit that she sang it in. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's key. And and I think if our goal was to lift him up, I think we did all right last night. Yeah, I really do. Yeah. So, uh, remember Marilyn? She gets out of her quarantine today or tonight with her getting over the flu. So, but uh, she's doing all right. You know, it's I guess one of the most noticeable, or the one that stands out, is in Isaiah when uh, the Lord came to Ahaz and said, I'll give you a sign. What do you want? And Ahaz says, I'm not going to ask of a sign from you. And uh, he said, well, I'm going to give you one anyway. 
and he foretold of the virgin birth of Christ being called Emmanuel. And that was at least 700 years before this time. And then after we read of other prophecies all the way through the last book of the Old Testament, we know there was 400 years of silence. And I saw a headline uh, somewhere, an article I was reading, it said, The silence was shattered. The silence was shattered in such a quiet, humble way. The silence was shattered. Yeah. And even the heavens made known that something was happening. Um, Brother Rogers, he's reading this morning. I thought about about those, uh, I think our uh, King James calls them magi. Uh, I kind of think they were uh, pretty much scientists uh, as, as they, well, how would I put it? They responded to the star, didn't they? They responded to the invitation that the God of heaven made for them. Uh, I thought, I believe it said they went in haste, didn't they? When God revealed to those men and, uh, that Christ was born, it, they didn't try to reason it out, I didn't read. They didn't try to figure it out. They didn't try to research it. They just followed that invitation that came to them. Yeah. They made their way towards Christ. And when they got there, they worshiped, didn't they? Yeah. That hadn't changed, has it? You know, there's a, there's a point of light in each of our lives where the Spirit of God invited us and showed us the way to Jesus. Yeah. Uh, when, when, when we're made to know that He is and that He is our only hope of eternal life. We need, we, we must respond. Yeah, we must respond. And, and, and how did they respond? They worshipped Him. They bowed down and worshipped. They acknowledged Him for who He was. Yeah. And that hadn't changed. Uh, in everyone's life, that star will appear, that guiding light through the church, through the Spirit of God, through another Christian to show us, to give us that opportunity to go to where Christ is. And it's up to us not to reason it, not to philosophize over it, philosophize over it. There we go. But just to follow it. Amen. Just to follow that spirit and it'll lead us to Christ. Yeah. I saw a bumper sticker and I'll quit talking about Roger's devotion. It said, wise men still seek him. Amen. I love that bumper sticker. Because truly, the wise of this earth are the ones that find Jesus. Sure. That's the wise of the earth. It's not in the book learning. Nothing wrong with it. Um, I wish I had more than I do. Uh, it's not in the philosophies of man, but wise men still seek Him. And He said to seek and we'd find. 
But it, the onus is on us to seek, isn't it? Amen. Yeah. Anyway, I appreciate your devotion, Brother Amen. Roger. Anyone a word before we touch a few minutes on this chapter 2 in Luke? Uh, Brother Michael, this keeps coming back to me. When you said that about the scientists. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have, have a biology degree. Went to the University of Alabama. Was in the class with a lot of smart people. But the dumb old country girl could see the pattern. And every class I had, yeah. you could just see the pattern. How can they believe? Just happenstance, just a lightning bolt struck a mud yeah. hole and people crawled out of it. You know? um, with all this COVID stuff, they keep saying, follow the science, follow the science. Well, I always told the kids at school, you know, science is a good thing and there's things to learn from it, but in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. They thought the world was flat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. And, you know, scientists are doing the best they can with what they have. But if they'll just look to him, it all falls into place. Sure. No way to disprove it, is there, <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else? All right. Well, we'll touch base. A couple of points I want to make out of this chapter too and the silence being broken you know uh, I hate to use the word great but significant world history is happening at this time but but around not obviously the most important thing was the birth of Christ but there's a lot going on at this time and it's it's really the foundings of the Roman Empire which became the greatest empire really the world had ever known. And, and Luke points that out in verse 1. And he said, It came to pass in those days there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus, the first Caesar. He's setting things up, the initial beginnings of, of, <coughs> of the, the Roman Empire, that all the world should be taxed. But, but it, uh, let me read the second verse. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenus was governor of Syria. Uh, in our terms today, Augustus Caesar was having a census. He won't know what he had out there. And then some ten years later, when Cyrenus was governor of Syria, Syria taxation started. So you see here, in this great big world story of the Roman Empire, something small and humble happened, didn't it? Yeah, the Savior of the world was born. Emmanuel, God with us. Yeah. So therefore, in verse 3, all went to be taxed, everyone into his home city, if I could use that word there, or, or to be, at this point, to be counted. Yeah. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth where they lived unto Judea unto the city of David which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David. To be taxed or at this time counted with Mary his espoused wife being great with child. That my friends had to be a tough trip for Mary. Uh, I don't know. Trust me, I know. 
All you ladies know. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to touch it. I'm going to let y'all comment on that. But she she was. I, I guess we could say she was in her ninth month, and now she's having to travel. Yeah. Being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, these days were accomplished that she should be delivered. So Luke, as he so, so often does, is very precise in his writings. And here he nails, a, a, nails down really a quite specific time for us of when it happened. Yeah. So he says, here's when it happened, here's where it happened, here's how it happened. Yeah. I don't know, I, I know Paul's a lot of people's favorite, but I really like Luke and what he recorded, as you guys covered last Sunday. He was thorough. He was thorough in what he recorded because he wanted, well, it turned out to be the world, but he wanted Theopolis to know for sure what happened and get an accurate story of it. Yeah. I think that was from his scientific background, his study of the medicines, and just, you know, uh, it was details. That's what a doctor does. That's what a physician does, a nurse, whatever, very much into the details. When, how much, where, how, you know. Yeah. So Christ is born. And we get into verse number nine, where there's shepherds, lowly shepherds. I, I don't know as there was a lower occupation than being a shepherd. But that's who the birth of Christ was announced to. Yeah. You know, one of the real problems that the Jewish leadership had with Christ is, is that he didn't come in riding a great big horse to throw the Roman Empire off the back of Israel. That was one of their big problems. To them, Messiah meant political victory, totally in a political world. But because of the fact that he came humbly, um, odds are these shepherds were Jewish. Odds are the wise men were not. Yeah. But if we put, our, put ourselves in those shoes and it's dark and you think you finally got all the herd settled down, it said, and lo, an angel of the Lord came unto them. And I'm just going to marry that. I'm just going to have to take my stab at this if that was still Gabriel. He was a busy fella. It said, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. The night sky lit up. The glory of the Lord. I wonder how bright that is. I wonder how bright that was. For the, yeah. Just, just His glory. Just His glory being that bright. And they were so afraid, and the angels said unto them the same thing that angels always say. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Fear not, but behold, I bring you 
And I love this. Good tidings of what? Joy. There's that joy word again. That permanent joy. Yeah. For unto you, even the lowly shepherd out in the field, not just to the great people of the world or to the leaders, but even to you, lowly shepherds, is born in the city of David a shepherd. A shepherd, a savior. I'm sorry, folks. Which is Christ the Lord. To the lowest class of people. You know, really, that's who Christ spent most of his time with, was the common person. Yeah. You know, a shepherd's job bad had a lot of glory, a lot mm -hmm. of prestige about it, but there was no one more diligent than a shepherd at their job. Their flock was at risk all night. They were not diligent in watching. Brother Michael, from the very point of his birth, he was about the father's business. We read him at 12 years old, uh, saying to his mom and dad, don't you know I was about my father's business? Or he, they found him teaching or, or speaking in the temple uh, when he would, got away from him when he was older. But uh, in the, as he began his ministry, he took fishermen and made them fishers of men. He himself, the son of a carpenter, built a kingdom uh, with he wasn't a stonemason but he became the head of the corner and all that's built was he is the foundation of all Amen. that we stand on today um, and uh, the uh, he, well, let's talk about the, the, what you've mentioned already about Matthew the publican uh, was the bag boy for uh, higher-ups in government. And then we see once he's met Christ, he's feeding multitudes uh, with just a little bit there. Christ is using him in me. And, and the thing is, once uh, if our aim in life it, to know Jesus or to get to know Jesus or become involved in his kingdom is to gain something in this world, we're going we're, we're gonna to lose that, that desire when we find him. And we're going to find that he is everything. Uh, I remember as a young man wanting stuff. I wanted guns and guitars. And when I had them, I didn't bring the joy that I wanted. Um, I wanted a, a yacht with sea and scuba gear enough to take every one of my friends. We'd all go together. But now I, I don't want those things. Uh, now I want to see my grandbaby saved. Sure. Now I want to see the, the the Lord Jesus lifted up where He rightfully belongs. Amen. In the hearts of people, I want to see our nation turn back to God. I want to see uh, a devil's ideology be put down, and the love of God shine bright. Uh, there's a different thing I want because I did find Him, brother Michael, and. and uh, um, Let's just say he took an electrician and turned the light on in his life. You know, God's going, that's the way God works. And that's the way he always has from the very beginning. Uh, it is not anything in this world that can produce that's great in the eyes of man can compare. There's nothing that can compare 
with our Lord and Savior and what He can do for us in our lives and in our hearts. I wish my heart was better, but I know who can fix it. I'm not talking about my physical heart. I'm talking about my heart of hearts. I'm talking about my soul. The only thing good about me is that part that Christ put in me that's made in the likeness and the image of Him. There's a soul in there that when, when Jesus, the key, is put in there, it unlocks great and abundant blessings and joy in my life. And uh, I wish that next week when I'm driving down the road and, and, and somebody almost hits me and, and I'm, I'm, in, I'm anxious and, and nervous and angry so that I can still remember what I just said right now. And, and that's what I want. That's what I desire. And uh, when the devil comes at me, I don't want to be able to do a backflip and kick him. Huh. What I want to do is say, hey, get out here, you liar. You ain't, you ain't got no spirit in my life. And be confident in that in the Lord and in the Spirit of God. And when we get to that point, uh, we can see that um, the important things is what Christ used. That's what He is. That's the light. He was He what He is the light in this world. And because of Him, there is no darkness. If we let the light into our heart, there'll be no darkness in our heart. Right. And if there's light shines in in the dark places in our heart, Brother Mike, I remember you said something about the cobwebs uh, one time, and that and that's 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 the way Christ is. And in the beginning, uh, when He was born over there. These wise men, apparently they had some wealth, but they left it there for him. Uh, why did they do that? Well, you say they saw something great and want to be part of it. No. Uh, they followed the star. Yes. They followed the light. I believe that the Spirit had them do that. I believe they did it so that while Joseph and Mary and Jesus were down in Egypt, they'd have something to carry them through. And, 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 and for them. God uh, ain't just got us sitting out here begging down at the crossroads. Uh, we've, we're all blessed. I, I, sure. I don't know anybody that I've heard testify in, the, in, in this church since we've been back that had not said we're blessed. <coughs> and a lot of times we forget that. I'm sorry, Brother Michael. I, just, I got to thinking about the fishermen. Those men who got out there, they didn't fish because they liked to eat fish that much. They fished because they sold them and they traded them and they bartered with them. Made a living. And he took them and made them fishers of men. And the son of the carpenter built the kingdom of God on this earth. And that's what he came for. And he built it out of stones like you and I. Whole stones. Huh. The world, the world that got the world may have marked us up, but when he got through with us, we was whole. He made us whole. He certainly did. I'm sorry, brother. Oh no, that's okay. That's okay. And in closing, I'll mention something. I might. I think I mentioned a couple of Sundays ago. Um, the one thing, if you want to just look historically, that separates our big G God from all the little G gods of the world. I think, I guess John put it best. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. None of the other, the Buddhas, the Confuciuses, and all those, they stayed up there. People trying to attain them. 
But I'm thankful that God reached down to us. Yeah. Gave His only begotten Son. Yeah, so... So I, again, as I started this morning, I encourage again, if you see that star in your life, that light, follow it. Don't reason, just follow it. It'll lead you right to Christ. I really do appreciate everyone's help this morning. Uh, anyone else? Michael, those two words, fear not, I get up in the morning, and that's what, that is the first thing in my heart. Fear not, go through my day. I don't have to worry about people coming over me and me having an accident. I fear not Anyone else this morning? Brother Michael, I just, when you were sharing it for a while, just something just came to my heart. It just blessed me so much. I was allowed to go to Israel in 2014, and I stayed. And we're basically living there. I was supposed to be there for three months, but I did live there a month among the people and everything. Um, and God just let me do something so amazing to see the Eastern Gate. And you know, prophetically, that's where I, Jesus is going to walk through that gate again. You know, that gate's been sealed up. And the Muslims have put graves on the outside perimeter so they know that the Jewish believers, you know, they're not supposed to be there. These dead bodies and everything. But when I saw that Eastern Gate is going to get opened up again. And our Jesus is going to walk through there. And He's going to fulfill every prophecy. And that's one of prophecy that's going to be fulfilled. He's going to walk through that gate. And, you know, because He's going to sit down and it says on the Mount of Olives and that, there's a fault line that runs under the Mount of Olives scientifically. And it says it's going to split. And that's prophetically going to happen. And His foot hits that Mount of Olives. And he will walk on that perimeter the way it is said that he can walk right through that eastern gate. And I just want to give God glory because I tell you, walking through that Muslim quarter and then walking through the Christian quarter, the Jewish quarter, you see, you see the spiritual warfare that we live in. You can go in some places and you can feel like you've got angels all around you. And then you can go in other areas and you can feel such a demonic spirit there of you know, especially when we were walking up to the Muslim quarter, but uh, some of the Canadian ladies that I was with, we were just locked arms, and she said, we're walking right through that Muslim quarter, we're praying. And I was like, you know, I really don't want to do that. <laughs> I was like, it's not something I want to do, but I'll tell you, that she grabbed arms, she says, Daddy, you'll pray, because the power of God is within you, and you, we're going to walk through this Muslim quarter. And I'm telling you, you could feel it was... I can't even explain it, but you could feel almost like a pathway being, being going through there. And I could just see the areas of the prophecies that have already been fulfilled where Jesus walked down that Via Della Rosa, you know, for us. And she had that blood. But then seeing that Eastern Gate, we are going to see our Lord and Savior. We're going to be caught with Him, and then we're going to come back with Him, and He's going to take possession. And he is going to rule and reign. And, and that's what we have to look forward to. And that we're not without hope. 
Sure. <laughs> we are not without hope. So I just want to share it because when you said I can just see that Eastern Gate and the Lord's just come going to come right through there. And um, set up his kingdom. <coughs> and a new heaven, a new earth, and he's going to rule and reign. But even better, he's ruling and reigning today. Yes, he is. Yeah. Brother Michael, I can't get away from this. Uh, um, we read where all the babies from two years under were killed. That wasn't that wasn't God that did that. That was man that did that. Mm -hmm. And the day that we live, the devil's a liar. He'll tell us why did God let this happen and why did God. Let God gave us free will to do what we desire. And if it wasn't for that, he wouldn't be gloried in our belief and in our faith. But the evil that happens in this world today, that's men. That's the evil in the hearts of men. That's what that is. It's our choice. That's it. Appreciate everybody's help this morning.